welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, September 29th, 2021. I am Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. Matt Tamanini, it is already almost October. How, How did we do that? I don't know what's going on. Okay, the reason I bring this up, you guys, is because Matt and I have been like creating our schedules of seeing things and shows opening and all this stuff. And I was referencing like, okay, November, and I'm going to try to see some new stuff coming out of Chicago before they, you know, come to Broadway and stuff. And then I was like, wait, that's next month. Yeah, that's insane. I honestly don't don't know know what happened. You know, we've said this uh, a couple times where it's like this pandemic feels like it started a hundred years ago, but also like it started last week, you know, like yeah. I feel both. Right. And, and obviously, you know, your mileage may vary on those things. But for me, it's like, I can remember when, I mean, I, I you know, just go back to like my last trip to New York was like, yeah. I, I think I left the week after uh, Valentine's day. So things shut down three weeks later. That doesn't feel mm-hmm. that longer. That feels so recently. But then you say like, oh, things have been shut down for a year and a half. You're like, oh, damn, that's a long time. So it's very weird. But the great part about that story is, Grace, is that the reason we, you kind of realized it and we were texting about it on uh, Monday night is that we were t- looking at theater schedules. And that's the good part yeah. about the whole thing is that like there's actually theater stuff to be looking forward to this fall, which is still a little bit scary, but also awesome. Yeah, like I, uh, speaking of the first thing we're talking about in the news, um, you know, I've I've got tickets to see a show on Thursday that I didn't know if I was still going to see because Manhattan Theater Club has postponed the opening night for Lackawanna Blues presented by Ruben Santiago Hudson, who continues recovery for a back injury that they sustained last week. So his performances continue while the new opening date is now Thursday, October 7th. So the show is still going on. They've just decided to move their opening night date. Yeah. Um, because he m- might just have some, you know, uh, recovery to do, but he's still performing. So I'll, I will be seeing that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I hope and, he's okay. Yeah. And I would imagine when you want to open, which I assume also involves critics and stuff coming, that you want to be as healthy as humanly possible, especially when it is yeah. a very physical one person show. Um, and, exactly. And, and if- I think that the show's already frozen. It's just like, cause you know, sometimes they don't want like voters and reviewers yeah. and all that stuff. You can't come before it's opening night. Um, but it, I think it's pretty frozen at this point. There's just having some trouble. Yeah. Well, we, we wish him the best. I, I yeah. love him and I think he's fantastic. And anytime Broadway people uh, can also get some notoriety on a police procedural on network TV, I always root for them. And uh, I enjoyed him quite a bit on the castle show. I bet he loves you too. He Wait, doesn't. he was on Castle. He was the. Oh, see, now my parents are gonna give a shit. <laughs> he he was the boss. He was the captain, um, and they oh. always called him Sir. Um, yeah. So he was he was um, Stana. Uh, was it Stanix Klavik? Is that how you say your name, Stana Klavik? Uh, her boss. On the, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah. Um, I, my family loves that show. Nathan Fillion forever. All right. Mm-hmm. So the full cast list for Roundabout Theater Company's Trouble in Mind has been announced. Thank God. Uh, starring, of course, the previously announced LaShawns featuring Michael Zegan. The reason I'm even saying it, but he is, a quote, so fine and so good at acting. Uh, you know him from Marvelous Miss Maisel. I'm just throwing it out there because I need you to remember. Um, a new granddad, Chuck Cooper, is also mm-hmm. involved. Daniel Campbell, Jessica Francis Dukes, and Brandon Michael Hall, among others. Previews begin at the American Airlines Theater October 29th with an opening night set for November 18th and playing a very limited engagement through January 9th. So yeah. if you want to see it, you got to go now. 
Yeah, I mean, as you know, because you've seen my spreadsheet, uh, this was on my list already to see. When you throw in a Chuck Cooper, um, it shoots up. And I have only watched the first season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, but your your little hottie McHotterson or whatever you're, we're calling him, he he was he was good. He was the hus- the husband slash ex husband, right? Yeah, and he's the work that he does on that show. I'm actually really impressed with. Like, I think he's really fantastic. And so, any opportunity to see him, especially in a show, is like that would be great. What did he do off Broadway? Because I remember I remember oh talking God. about it, but I forget what it was. Do you remember? It was the four person name. It, they did a movie of it with Natalie Wood. Oh yeah, the the it, it was at the new group. Know. Yeah, it was the music with um uh dustin chic dustin Sheik, not not, not Dustin duncan Sheik. bob and carol and ted and alice yeah with with jen damiano was in it right yeah uh so yeah i'm just saying you should try to see it and um hopefully you can fit it into your schedule matt because you've got a lot to see oh my god do i ever there So let's take a moment from the show to talk about our Patreon. So we at Broadway Radio, we're so eager to bring you, uh, we've got exclusive content, roundtable discussions, interviews, and also like you want to hear our takes, right? I know a lot of people enjoyed our Tony takes. That was not just for Patreon people, but we've got more to offer. So we're able to keep the lights on thanks to you all, our patrons and listeners. So please continue to support us through engaging across all social media and making sure that you are a Patreon subscriber. You can go to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio to learn more. You get the news above everybody else. So it's very, very much worth it. And uh, yeah, so we're just saying. So we have, I li- we, Grace and I just finished an interview with two very, very exciting people that I'm pumped for you guys uh, to hear. That'll be coming out in just a few days. It'll at least, uh, uh, you know, the next day or two, it'll hit Patreon first before it's in the regular feed. And then I currently, looking at my schedule, have three more interviews planned with folks doing very, very interesting and exciting shows. Two of them off-Broadway, one of them virtual. Um, so uh, head over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. You will hear all of those interviews there first. Um, Very, very interesting, my kind of stuff that's like, oh, that's kind of weird and different. And I wouldn't have even thought about doing that or going to see that show. But hopefully you will um, after the conversations that I have lined up that you'll be hearing in the next week or so. So at Broadway Radio, we have made sure to keep up to date on all inclusivity contracts for the theater community coming forward. And uh, so we're bringing you another one. So the Dramatist Guild of America has created an inclusion writer for its writers to negotiate for greater diversity in theatrical productions. The writer is optional for members of the trade association to use when entering into contract agreements with theaters or producers with the intention of promoting a more equitable work environment by asking producers to audition or interview members of traditionally marginalized groups whenever possible for roles in the cast and crew or creative team members and artistic personnel. So it goes beyond like who's actually in the show. It's also who's making the show happen, which I believe is also important. You know, when you go backstage, it should feel just as uh, diverse as, as it's being represented on stage. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I appreciate all this. I've heard a lot of rumblings from a special, I know this is for writers, but a lot of performers as well that say like, hey, going forward after me, you need to make sure that you're hiring a person of color or, you know, like I'm not going to do this show unless the the show is more equitable uh, casting wise and, and so forth. So it's exciting when I hear about this. I know that it's optional, but I'm hoping that people take the option. And the thing is, like the Dramatist Guild of America, like that's a big, powerful organization. And I appreciate them doing this. I wish they would have taken it a step further and 
done something with a vote of their, I don't know how the, you know, the internal operations of their organization works, but I think organizations like this, whether they are just professional guilds or unions or just, you know, different organizations that members of the theatrical community belong to, they need to be putting the pressure of their membership on the, the, the decision makers, on the producers, mm-hmm. on the theater it's companies. Expensive. I've tried to join. It's expensive. The drama so- is killed. Yeah. yeah. So there's a there's a paywall involved, which disproportionately affects people of color. Wink, wink, nod, nod, and women. So <laughs> it's it's funny because you know we talked about like um uh, who whose speech I'm forgetting um talked about the table was it Kenny, Kenny Leon? Kenny Leon. Yep. Yeah. So talking about the table being wide enough for everyone. This is an example of like okay, thanks, Drama Guild. Also, could you like maybe I don't know. Uh, expand the reach of who's able to come forward (laughs) yeah what you have to do is is you get one person on each side of the table and you pull it out and then there's going to be a hole because the table is going to expand you have to get the leaves from grandma's closet (laughs) to put it in the middle but you have to be careful to make sure that it lines up with the track so it actually fits and so you don't put the thanksgiving turkey on the middle of it and then it falls down so that's how you expand the table use the power of your organization and your membership. I mean, that's what unions are literally designed for and built for. Far <laughs> too often, we have not seen the unions um, in the theatrical space leverage that properly. And maybe it's because they feel like they um, are the little sisters of the poor when it comes to the the creative actors, unions, or whatever else compared to their their screen counterparts. But like, you have the power. Things do not get done without your say-so. So say-so and make people do the things that you say you stand for. So this is better than nothing, and I'm glad that they are giving people this opportunity. And again, I don't know the inner politics and how the Dramatist Guild of America actually works, but where you have power, you need to be using power. Yeah, so Theater for a New Audience's full cast has been announced for the New York premiere of Will Eno's Knit, which begins performances on October 30th, ahead of an official opening night of November 7th. It's only running through November 21st. So again, a lot of these shows are like, get in those three weeks or get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they'll... Yeah, we have the uh, the cast list in the show notes. I did not know a single person's name in there, but that does not change the fact that you're telling me a new Will Eno show at yeah. Theater for a New Audience. Like, that is in my list. That is on yep. my spreadsheet. It's in the top section of my spreadsheet sheet under the stuff that I've already got tickets for. So that means that that's in my next group to get tickets. So this is an interesting group here, Grace. I've got a Sherlock Carol, which is the Christmas Carol Sherlock Holmes things happening at New World Stages. Um, yeah. I have to see that one, one, because it has a Monday night show and nobody else does. So that's why it's on the is list. Is Tom Sesma in that one? Tom Sesma is in that one, and I Tom Sesma. I gotta go. He was my Sweeney Todd at Barrow Street, and he was amazing. Um, So a Sherlock Carroll, and then Dana H. Is this a room? Knit uh, Kimberly Akimbo because Janine Tesori will never not do something that I love, and then that site-specific baby that uh, Julian inside a uterus. Is that why it's site-specific? I'm confused. Look, if that's what they're calling it, it's at Theater Lab over in the Garment District. Well, just say it's not in a theater. Move on. I mean, they might have it Those words are weird. Yeah, anyway. (laughs) Um, But yes, um, with Julia Murney, like, so that's my top group in no particular order. Um, But that's really fitting in there, all of the weird stuff that, like, you can't see anywhere else. So I am very much looking forward to uh, having Knit be a part of that group. Fair enough. So Faith Saley's Approval Junkie, which is a comedic solo show, 
me talking about a comedic solo show. Um, it's going to make its New York premiere at Audible Theaters, Manetta Lane Theater. Approval Junkie is only going to run November 16th through December 12th. So again, I'm telling mm-hmm. you guys, if you want tickets to a thing, you got to go. Of course, the show will be recorded live as an Audible original so that everyone has accessibility to this kind of theater. I'm a big fan of it. Um, I'm obsessed with the whole Audible Theater, mm-hmm. Manetta Lane uh, collaboration situation. So if you're not able to see that in New York, you will be able to listen to it through Audible. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. I love Faith Haley. A lot of you um, older mm-hmm. white people like me who listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me know her yeah. as a regular panelist on that or on, uh, as a contributor to CBS Sunday Morning or the fact that she follows me on Twitter. So any of those things are reason enough that uh, you will want to go and uh, and see her show. So it's great. I was just... Uh, oh. You drop much bigger names than I do, so when I get a chance to drop a name, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I drop them because they weigh me down. <laughs> I don't drop them for clouds. Oh yeah, but all right. Finally, Carolina Change uh, posted that they they did like a little uh, performance with their radio trio uh, from on, the song "Salty Teardrops." I think it was on Good Morning America, wasn't but, it? Yeah, because I mean, guys, it's opening up at Roundabout. You have to go. <laughs> yeah, it's going to take everything. Yeah, I already got my tickets. That's in the green group at the top of my spreadsheet uh, with the shows that I already have tickets for. So yeah, I, I'm really excited for that. Um, between, I, I hope this is redemption for that show, and I hope that it sweeps everything next year. Having truly not seen it at all. Yeah. Um, and then finally, we didn't really talk about this the other day, but we kind of should have. The fact that like Moulin Rouge took home ten Tonys which was like the first time since 2009 when Billy Elliot won 10 uh, Tony Awards for like a big budget musical yeah. based on a movie. Like, you know, that's the last time this happened. And again, we know that it was also a weird year, but we don't want to throw a ton of contingencies at these people because they worked for uh, four years plus on this project. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of fascinating to see. Oh, right. It took 10 Tonys. Well, and the fact that, like, obviously, for a lot of reasons, like you said, like, this is not a normal season, but it is the first, like, big budget musical in a long time to win Best Musical. Now, I don't know that any of the three that were up would have been considered other than a big budget musical. So I think they all would have had that distinction had they won. Um, But it really kind of makes you think, like, what could have happened if this season would have opened up? Would six have won, which... I think it probably would have. Um, or a girl from the North Country, I think, would have been up there as well. What about Sing Street? What would have happened with that? Or Flying Over Sunset? Have with we the- totally, like, is Sing Street over? No. It, it feels over. It feels over. But they said it's coming back in the spring at a Schubert Theater to be named later. I have not he- heard a single word about it since then. So I, I honestly don't know. But that's a good point. Like, moving forward, like, next year... What are the things that we're going to be looking at? Are there any of these small musicals that we know about already that could be in contention? We've, we're going to have, you know, again, Six and Girl from the North Country, like I mentioned, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. We're going to have MJ. We're going to have um, Sing Street if it opens. Paradise Square is supposed to be uh, uh, is already selling tickets. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and there's there's, you know, other things that are supposedly coming at some point that we don't know when. Like, I know Dancing, the the the. Uh, 
the Fosse dance musical has been having auditions lately. So is that going to come yeah. in in the spring? And how did that's probably a revival though? So that doesn't count. But like, you know, I, we thought maybe Limpico would be in by now. I don't think it's mm-hmm. that's that's not going to happen because it's going to go out of town first. So it's going to be interesting to see if we have back to back big budget shows take best musical. Um, and it might just be because of attrition, because like people who are producing those shows might be a little scared to put them up on Broadway uh, right now because things are still so much up in the air. So uh, I think it's an interesting thing to talk about. I, I don't know that it tells us much about this Tony Awards because there weren't a lot of other options. But I think it is uh, kind of an interesting way to spin forward to, I guess, the 2022 Tony Awards. Is that that that's what that would be? No, I think it's 2021, 2022. Yeah, I mean, the ones that happened in 2022, the like the ones that happened. No, that, but yes, you're so right. Yeah, because we're not going to have another one this year. No, I mean, who knows? They have not been very good with communicating up until this point. So maybe we will have another one this year. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And don't forget about our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and soon to be TikTok at It's Grace Aki. Oh. Now, yeah, she's back. Oh, Filming back. content. I mean, I think I told you when we first like started doing this, like I thought you would be a gr- you would be great on TikTok. I'm glad that you're finally doing it. You know, I thought I can't show my face, and now I'm like, well, this is the face I have, and now I just it's, <laughs> it's out there. The world Matt, needs that be- content. Um, you can find <laughs> me on Facebook. No, not on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, and I do have a TikTok. They're all BWW Matt, but I will never post anything. But I, I do have one for watching purposes. Fair enough. Thanks, guys. We will see you tomorrow. 